0: This is Mike Quackenbush, the master of a thousand holds, and you're listening to the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Randy Zellia from BackSportsPage.com, and thank you for taking the time to download this episode of the Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. Right now, really quickly, give a quick shout-out to my staff, Andrew Fiume, the director and audio uh, engineer who makes us look and sound as good as we do, Jonathan Mowry, who's the editor for the wrestling part of the Page; Jamie Rush, uh, social media director, Alyssa Dukas, Matthew Sargent, Jose Padilla, Austin Erch, Alexis Rodriguez, Jay Diaz, and Scott Mitchell. Thank you guys for working as hard as you do behind the scenes. Guys, we took a little layoff here. Uh, We have a special bonus episode coming up, uh, a flashback interview with Justin Credible that we did on Off Topic this time last year. And this week's guest, we're jumping back into the ind- independent scene of professional wrestling out on the West Coast. We have the Phoenix Kid. That's right. Check out this interview. But real quick, before you do, don't forgive us, don't forget to give us a like on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're getting the Instagram back up. And of course, give us a like on social media. Hey, and give us a review. Let us know. Let us know if you like the show, don't like the show, what you think we can do better. We really, really appreciate it. All right enough of me yapping on about nothing let's talk about the phoenix kid all right special interview time here right now on the cut with me now the phoenix kid that's right he's out do on the west coast and uh dude loving the mask you know you, right you. We're, we're we're taping this a little early in the morning for both you and me so uh i guess not asking if you sleep in the mask is a little you know <weird>. So no,
0: if, I've I've tried. It's hard. It, it, yeah.
1: Like I I guess the real question is: Do you go out to parties with it on, or or no? I'm, um, I'm just joking. No, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no. Yeah. No, please go ahead. Please, I'm sorry for for cutting you off.
0: No, you're you're good. Um, I was just gonna say, like it's weird. Like even at shows, I don't show necessarily show up in my mask. Um, there's been like some special cases where I've done it, but for the most part, I don't. I just have my face covered. So. If you know who I am, then you know? If you don't, then you're like, who's this guy?
1: Well, I guess the question is, I have for that is, you know, the idea of the mask and trying to be different and original with the ideas because from a Lucha Libre style, there's always been like the basic mask. Obviously, Rey Mysterio took it to another level and Ultimo Dragon took it to another level after that. So where did you get the idea for the, the type of mask that you're doing? And, you know, the idea of... Not just the design, but the, where you want to go with it. Um, it was weird. Like for me, it was just I
0: wanted to have a different mask. So my original masks were just a kind of a cloth version of this. And it was just like, what can I do that I haven't really seen somebody else do? So that's where I had like the, the side flaps and then the ears and all this different stuff going on with it. Um, as far as the design, actual idea. It was just kind of, let me look at some images on Google type situation, because I didn't know what I wanted at the time. And it was like, okay, if I take all of these pictures, send it to the mask maker, and like, okay, make something of this. It, that's, it's,
1: yeah. That's that's pretty cool, actually. You know, um, what was it like for getting into the ring, wearing the mask for the first time, going, okay, you know, this is what we're doing. You have to start adjusting and how you're going to move around with it on. It's, it's
0: weird because even as my, um, my quote unquote training gimmick, it was still masked. So I've never wrestled a match on a show not wearing a mask. So for me it's it was almost second nature, I guess, because I started tra- like initially I wouldn't train in my mask. then once I got it, um, I trained a little bit in my mask. so by the time it came time to do a show, it was super, super easy.
1: Uh, you were to tra- JT West. Uh, what when, when you were training with him and you started showing him the things that you wanted to do, first off, what was it like training with JT? And when you started laying out your plans on how you wanted to be presented, because in wrestling, pre- presentation is everything. Um, what was his reaction and what kind of guidance did he ended up giving you? Um, a lot
0: of it just came down to Initially, when we finally decided that Fiend, that we're going to go through with the Phoenix Kid thing, it was just a lot of him sitting down on his sofa like, all right, when you see Phoenix Kid, how do you see him? When you see him on a poster, how do you see him? So basically getting me to understand how I see myself and then transitioning that into, okay, how do you present that
1: to other people? And you, you looked at it and you said, this is not me. This is the Phoenix kid. This is going to be how am i pre- you know, presenting him, not how you're presenting yourself. Because um, there's a lot of wrestlers who I've spoken to over the years that always say they have to put a little bit of themselves into their character. But I think there's a little bit of mystique when you have a mask. I think it's a little bit different. And you're able to just sort of be like, you know, I can, get, I can push the limits of this because it's not really me. I'm pushing the limits of this thing that I've created.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's literally it. Um, for me, especially for me, just a lot of it, yeah, there's bits and pieces of me in there, but as a whole, like it's apples and oranges. And a lot of people that have seen me on shows and didn't have seen me in the locker room will tell you, they're like, hi, it's almost like you flip a switch once you put the mask on and go to the curtain and start getting prepared to go out there. It's like a flip, just a switch just flips for
1: you. Uh, you you told me uh, you, you know I saw you you you're a big fan of Chris Benoit Jushin Liger Great Muta, uh, Shawn Michaels back from the New Generation era. Um, what was the training like? And knowing that those were you the guys that you watched growing up, and those are the guys you emulated, when you first got into the training aspect of it, knowing those the the styles that those guys wrestled, um, did you say to you know did you say to JT this is where what I, what I think of wrestling and this is what I want to model myself after. Can you get me this? Or did you go basics and then that type of style? I went for me, I went basics, basics for a long,
0: long time. And then it wasn't until after I left Alaska where I really started developing, okay, this is how I'm gonna wrestle. This is what I do. So it was it probably was a couple of years before I really started developing uh, I guess a quote-unquote style. And it's funny because, yeah, I take bits and pieces from those guys, but at the same time, I don't do a, lo- a lot of the same stuff as them. So it's kind eh, of, let's throw it all in the pot
1: and make it work. Yeah, it's funny too with Muda because growing up, like, I think I was eight, nine, 10 years old the first time I saw a great mood of wrestle. And the, the mist thing was always like the greatest thing in the world to me. I was like, oh my God, he sprays this green stuff out of his face or like this red stuff out of his mouth. Uh, Would the Phoenix King put stuff in his mouth and emulate that and, and start doing that?
0: See, and I, I've thought about it. I know how to do it. And it's just like, uh, this has never been the right moment to do it. <laughs> yeah
1: um talk about some of your uh, favorite matches so far that um if people can look look some look up your your body of work on youtube or on different promotions websites if you want them to, to get a good idea of what you do and, and how you work what what matches do you recommend um
0: so the big one for me is on iwtv for pr- promotion ugwa um ugwa out in san jose california and it's from devil's night 15 so october of- 2019 it's me and guido in a death match that one probably is what i consider like my breakout moment for death match wrestling in general it, it's just 20 minute. it's a 20 minute brutal match and we're going all over this nightclub um i jumped out of a dj booth at one point um we were suplexing each other like in the back of the bar like it's it gets pretty wild and that's probably one of the big ones for me um pretty much anything from my paradigm work recently i would recommend which is also on IWTV. um youtube wise i don't even know what's on you on my youtube anymore um i know if you i know i have matches on there but i just can't remember off the top of my head because i know there's at least 40 50 matches on there
1: okay and and and, you know you, did you have some favorite matches growing up that you remember watching on TV? That's one of those things where you can always just say, ah, I'm home tonight, let's just put on some wrestling, and you'd go back and watch what? What would it be?
0: Okay, so this one's a weird one, and a lot of people would be like, what the hell? So it's La Parca versus Super Netico from AAA. I can't remember which Triple Mania is, but it's a mass versus mass match. And This match is – this is the match I use to try to talk people into watching wrestling more because this match is literally about 15 minutes of just nonsensical stuff happening, where, <laughs> it just to kind of sum it up, just in case somebody's not going to look it up or they need a reason to look it up, basically, these two guys are feuding, having a mass versus mass match. For, I say, 12 of the 15 minutes, it's run-in after run-in after run-in. To, it even gets to the point where they're outside of the arena in Mexico and there's an ambulance and somebody has like a spray can and they're making like a flamethrower out of it. It's, it's bollocks. And at the same time, it's the most entertaining thing I've probably ever seen.
1: That's, uh, and then I guess, I guess everybody has that type of um, rarity match. Like for me, one one of the matches I always like, well, Love to. I always recommend it. It's a tag match, in old school WWF days. Um, I'm a very big uh, tag team. When 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 tag team when t- tag team wrestling works and makes sense, it's the best thing ever. And I always recommend people to go check out SummerSlam '89. I mean, people make fun of me because I always go back to that pay per view. Watch the Watch the Brainbusters versus the Hard Foundation. Yes. And uh, those those four tore it up. And I'm like, looking back at the pay-per-view now, I'm like, how do you t- how do you top that? And then right. the Rockers and the Rougeau brothers found a way to do it. But um right. <laughs> Um, so you know, for for you as an independent um independent star, how hard is it for you um to sort of manage schedule? Because you might have a weekend where you're not working. You might have a weekend where you're working three dates. You might have a week where you are on the road all week doing different things. So um, talk about the life of an independent star.
0: For me, especially being an Army Reservist, um, having a normal- you, Thank
1: you for your service, by the way.
0: Yes, thank you, thank you. But between that and my normal job, which isn't necessarily a Monday through Friday job, and then trying to manage a schedule on top of that. It gets- crazy um i know there's many a times where i've mixed weekends up where i'm supposed to be at drill and i'm on the way to a show i'm um, actually just happened recently where i had 3 days on the opposite side of the country and i get a text like the night before hey this is what we're doing for drill oh wait a minute i thought drill was next weekend oh man well i'm not going to be there cuz i'm on a plane to xyz Okay, we'll figure it out type situations. Um, another good one, I had to get approval to miss a drill to go to Mexico City. And I actually thought they were going to say no. And they're just like, just put it for work. You're good. We'll approve <laughs> it. <laughs> but well,
1: Yeah. And, and how is, and you know, like for you, you're just in Mexico City. Where's the most uh, intriguing place that you've been to where you just said, okay, this is a little surreal.
0: It was definitely a toss-up between going to Mexico and going to Puerto Rico. Um, okay, in different ways. Mexico, obviously, Mexico City is Mexico City. Um, we were wrestling about an hour north of Mexico City in a junkyard for um, Zona Twenty Three, which is also on IWTV. Um, yeah, that was that was insane. Just because I actually went a couple of days early to go to Arena Mexico, so I could see CMLL live. So getting to go to arena mexico on a friday night where it's packed literally ten thousand people in the building and then walking the streets of mexico city and seeing everybody just it's a big party and then going to my show a couple days later and there's six 700 people in this random junkyard in the middle of the city and we're having a show there and the fans are like super into it like Like what we would call smart marks, I guess. Like everybody there is so invested into everything, whether it was the first match all the way to the main event. Everybody, even guys, they didn't know they were invested in them. They were booing them or heckling them or cheering them or whatever they felt like they were going to do. Puerto Rico was another one where it was like I'm on the plane and I remember looking out the window and just seeing the island as we're pulling into San Juan. And I'm just like, I can't believe I'm on a plane right now for Puerto Rico. And I'm getting ready to wrestle here in a couple of days.
1: I I have to also bring up the point of, like you, you know, you said before, you know, the mask, being able to go to a wrestling show and not have to be in character and just being able to still be that fan must be very, very relieving at some points too.
0: Sometimes. um, Like, let's say, Mexico, I couldn't do it. Puerto Rico, I couldn't do it. Um, obviously being the only slightly darker person especially in Mexico it was a situation where okay if you go out anytime even remotely near the fans you have to have your mask on type situation and which is which was cool that was different I had never got to do that before prior to that so like okay this is this is what it's really like being a luchador versus in the states where especially even COVID era I just put my face mask on and I can walk around freely and if you don't know you don't know it, obviously if you some wrestlers know some wrestlers don't even know then then they'll be like who are you and i'm like okay i'm such and such
1: i'm gonna ask you a, a question it doesn't <laughs> pertain to you and i and i well it does but it doesn't um mm-hmm. right now like we went from a long stage of television Uh, professional wrestling where it was sort of just like wwe and you know impact was what it was it it hit hit the boom and then it sort of fizzled out for a while but now on the main stage you have nwa and mlw that has a presence AEW that has a presence new japan that has a presence ring of honor that has a presence impact that has a presence so it's not just wwe how do you as an independent wrestler look at the fact that you have all these different platforms out there now that um that you have all these wrestlers who are able to show their skills and a lot of them are starting to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that feel as a professional wrestler, knowing that there have all these different promotions out there with all these different platforms where wrestlers can show their trades uh, as a young wrestler who's, who's, who's moving up the ranks, knowing that it, it's not like a WWE or bust uh, mentality?
0: Right. Um, for, like as a whole, it's really cool. Cause now, guys that are maybe wouldn't have got that opportunity in the situations where there was just the quote unquote TNA, maybe was a viable option. ROH wasn't as popular as it was not, as it is now, and it pretty much was WWE or bust. A lot of these guys now are getting more opportunities now. We have the MLWs and the NWA's, and even you could go down to a different country, and it's more of a viable option versus now. Versus, I mean, then, excuse me, versus then where it was just like, okay, we got WWE and then you might have some smaller indie with a little bit bit more press. But overall, it's WWE or nothing, especially for me being a smaller guy where it's like eh, WWE might not fit what I'm trying to do. I have options now and guys like me have options where they can be like, okay, well, maybe I can apply my trade somewhere else where they'll appreciate it more or be able to do more with what I bring to the table.
1: Let's do some plugs. Let's let everybody know uh, social media wise where they can find you.
0: Okay. Um, so my main one is Facebook. It's just Phoenix kid with two, um two D's you'll, you'll know the image. It's super easy to find. That's my main place to reach me. Um, my Twitter and my Instagram are both Phoenix kid CF, CFR. Yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix kid CFR. Um, I'm on there. I use them you can reach me on there it's just eh, I might not get back right that second (laughs) I'll see it I'll see it and I'll look at it and then determine if I feel like getting back to it right that second or sometime within that day but I'm good about answering the same day just it's a matter of how long I'm going to take to answer it um but yeah, those are my big ones. That's where I'm at right now. My merch is still in the process of being worked out, so I don't want to say too much more about that until it's actually done. That
1: was my but, next question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it usually is. But um, I don't want to say too much more about that until it's ready to go, but I'll, as soon as it's ready to go, I'll be putting that on my Facebook. That way everybody can consume that, maybe get some gloves for death matches because last a couple weeks ago, I found that I definitely should wear gloves.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, listen i appreciate you giving us some time we wish you the best and uh, definitely going to have you on uh hopefully again and we'll you know we really appreciate your time today and you know best of luck in the future all right thank you okay that was the phoenix kid here on the Cut pro wrestling podcast real quick don't forget to follow us on social media twitter instagram facebook we're everywhere. Give us a subscribe on YouTube. Give us some likes. Give us a couple of reviews. Let us know what you think of the show. Again, follow us on backsportspage.com as well. Special bonus show of Just Incredible from Off Topic coming up, as well as we might be throwing in another one, especially if you're a fan of the dark side of the ring. So, with that being said, my name is Randy Zelia from Backsports Page. Thank you for giving us a listen, and we will see you next time here on. The Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is Mike Quackenbush, the master of a thousand holds, and you're listening to The Cut Pro Wrestling Podcast.